and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the false stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and we can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. In contrast to the super heatwave we have over here in the UK, I'm actually recording this on the hottest day possibly ever recorded in the UK. It's about 11am so it's not crazy at the moment but it's due to hit 38 degrees today. So as you can imagine, very very warm. It's mental and we are not prepared for this weather. We are not just being dramatic. But in beautiful contrast to this and where my head is at is we are heading over to Inuit mythology again to sit in the very cold Arctic. Or at least we can imagine we are there. However, we'll not get too close to the water's edge to avoid the monster of this week. Yes, we are looking at the legendary monster from this mythology and possibly the most famous, the Kalupalik. These monsters are from Inuit folklore, but just to clarify, these monsters mostly come from the Inuit cultures from Alaska and Canada, so the coldest parts of Native American communities. The Kalupalik is described as a humanoid, aquatic-based monster from the Arctic waters, and they have blue or green slimy skin, bright blue haunting eyes, long wet hair, and sharp long fingernails on their webbed hands. They are known to be extremely aggressive monsters who smell of sulphur and sit and watch their prey from beneath the sheets of ice. They are predominantly female, however sometimes they are recalled as being only male within this folklore, but based on kind of the presentation of them, the way they look and the maternal nature of this monster, we would assume that they are female, but there are more accounts of them being female than there are male, so I'll go with that. We also believe that there are more than one This is not a solo monster like Loch Ness, for example. It is one of many. There are possibly loads of these. They wear an Inuit cloak called the Amatik, which is something that Inuit women wear to carry around their babies, which the Kalupalik would use to carry off suspecting children. Speaking of which, their main target is kids. They would lurk around the water's edge or on thin sheets of ice, and then they would hum absolutely beautifully and ethereally to attract children nearby. They would then quickly jump out from the water and snatch the child into the amatic into the depths of the ice-cold ocean. The Kalupalik would then either eat the child after drowning them, or they would lull them to sleep in a cave under the ice and feed off of the energy to keep them young. It's said that the longer a child in their custody sleeps, the younger the Kalupalik becomes. The Kalupalik could also kidnap multiple children to keep themselves youthful and alive, and therefore are completely immortal and really long-lived, if not immortal. So it's definitely one that sticks around within this mythology. There is also a myth that the Kalupalik can venture onto the ice in thick snowstorms and find any lost children within the blizzards which is pretty creepy, but it does match the idea of kidnapping these children from these life-threatening situations within this environment. Maybe they're actually doing them a favour, who knows? But how can you tell one is approaching other than the ethereal humming? You can sometimes hear the tap-tapping of the Kalupalik on the underneath of the ice, trying to tempt children to come over to the thinner parts of it. 
or sometimes steam would arise from the water near where one is lurking, waiting for its next victim. You can also see the close comparison that these monsters have to Greek sirens or mermaids, especially the siren which would make sense with the drowning myths from that mythos, and although it doesn't really link with the whole childhood bit and specifically stealing children, you can certainly see the mirror of this monster within this one. Now onto origins, starting with etymology, and this is actually a first in the podcast, considering we're I think nearly 60 episodes in, it's absolutely wild that there are still firsts to be had. It's that actually this word hasn't got an etymology, and to be fair that might not be the full case, but there isn't one that I can find through my research or reading into this monster in books at all. But also, due to this being a native monster, the etymology linked to the language of this culture is quite guarded, and completely as it should be. So just as a side note for this, it's definitely a new experience on the podcast at least, and it's super interesting not to break down this word, especially in a different language. We have no idea what Kalupalik means or what it breaks into. To be honest, this also reflects on how much history and background I can give on this monster too. I can say that Inuit stories, much like other native cultures, are generally passed on orally by their communities, and not many conversations are had outside of these about their myths and legends. Although it might just be that these are really short stories and there aren't much more to go on, as this is probably enough to freak out children, so no further explanation was needed as to its origin, so maybe that's all there is to it, but who knows? However, we can talk about why this kind of culture and history is so suppressed, and that's definitely due to the European colonialism and the introduction of Christianity into the US, including the eradication of native people, which is what we all know has happened here. The US colonisation happened by the British in 1587, where the majority of the people migrating were Brits, who were Christians back from the Roman colonisation of Britain way back when, and this was brought with them to the New World of America. The Brits were incredibly aggressive to the native people, pushing them into inhabitable territory like these remote places such as Alaska and northern Canada, as well as introducing European diseases such as smallpox, cowpox, typhoid and cholera, and these communities had no immunity to anything like this. They'd never seen anything like this before, so they murdered hundreds of thousands of native people just by being there and conquering the land. As well as this, in the 17th century the slave trade took hold of the US, with native people being taken from their homes to be slaves with the white Europeans, as well as black slaves shipped in by the same people from across the world. Even to this day, native cultures across the US are attacked, racially discriminated against and pushed out of their lands by descendants of these same white Europeans from way back when. The Kalupalik, Although a native monster from most likely that same time shows the dangers of wandering too far from home, away from your parents and where you're from, to be kidnapped by a horrific monster that would steal you away. We can see the relation to slavery here in regards to children being picked up by these European settlers. However, can't confirm that that is 100% where this is from. But you can clearly see this is a very clear cautionary tale to children who live in these parts to stay away from not only other people outside of their community, but also from the dangers of their environment, from thin pieces of ice, 
or the water's edge due to the freezing temperatures of the water below, and that this monster would have been the perfect story to keep them away in fear of being snatched by the Kalupalik. Now I will say this monster is a little bit more elusive this week, so these modern media bits are more of evil sea people slash watery monsters that steal children, more than the Kalupalik specifically itself. As I've already said throughout this one, it's been really hard to gather some information on this one regarding its history and cultural significance, so unfortunately that does come across in all of the modern media as well. However, in art, I would really, really recommend looking over illustrations from kids' books that are written by the Inuit people that I will mention fully in a bit, but mostly independent art for this week would be my suggestion. The artwork I used for my marketing this week is from the Kalupalik book, and the illustrations are by Joy Ang, so I'd really recommend looking at these. They are really creepy, but literally perfect for putting across what the Kalupalik probably would have looked like. In movies, we have a few like Brothers Grimm, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dagon, Humanoids from the Deep, Blood Waters of Dr. Z, Shallow Water, Aquaman, Island of the Fishmen, Cold Skin and Sweetheart. For TV, we have Makamoto, Doctor Who, Lil Horrors, Monster Warriors, The Monsters, The Outer Limits, Torchwood, Ultra Q, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea and Creature from the Lake. And in video games, we have ones such as Athena, Blood, Bloodborne, Castlevania, Resident Evil Village, Dwarf Fortress, Terraria, Dominions 3, Splatoon, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Final Fantasy, House of the Dead 2, Mega Man X, Monster Hunter, Perfect World, Resident Evil Revelations, City of Heroes, Schwarzerblitz, The Secret World, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, Dota 2, Stellaris, Darkest Dungeons, The Witcher, Warcraft and XCOM Terrors of the Deep. I will say that the absolute latter there was one of my favourite games growing up. It absolutely petrified me and my dad used to play it on Windows 95. That's the best memory I have of that game, but it is very good, although very, very old. My book recommendations this week are The Hidden, a compendium of arctic giants, dwarves, Gnomes, Trolls, Fairies and Other Strange Beings from Inuit Oral History by Neil Christopher. I've suggested this book before, it's a really really good one for some great Inuit mythology stories that we have access to in the Western world and they've very kindly been shared by the Inuit community so really recommend reading into these if you're interested. However, for some kids' books, there are actually a few, including The Awesome, The Kalupalik by Alicia Killebook, which is mostly known for its great illustrations by Joy Ang, as I suggested earlier. Really, really recommend this one. And The Orphan and The Kalupalik, which, again, amazing for a kid's story, amazing illustrations, and just a really good history as to this monster and the relationship with children in the Inuit mythology. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I'm going to say maybe for this one. The idea of a monster lurking beneath icy waves ready to take off naughty children disobeying their parents in really dangerous situations does make sense to me, especially with the predators around the Arctic and these kind of areas in Alaska and Canada. You've got stuff like, I know there's no registered human attacks, but you've got orcas, you have leopard seals which are really aggressive towards humans, even some sharks and 
big tentacle boys. They hang around in the Arctic. So the predators in the water are very real as much as the water itself is so cold. It just does not surprise me. Much like the Scottish myth with the Kelpies, it's a great deterrent to keep your children away from the shore, where they would 100% die of hypothermia within seconds of hitting the water, especially like toddlers, smaller children, they just would have no hope whatsoever. Although I do think it's possible that this monster was created as a kind of fun thing by these parents to invent a monster horrifying enough to scare them away from that water and from anything outside of their culture and community. And it makes total sense, and as I've said with literally every every single monster based in the water, especially in the Arctic where we have so little scientific visibility, is who knows what's in there. We know very, very little around these communities and around these kind of monsters, and especially in the water. And by those measures, how can we rule out these types of monsters fully? We just can't. So... Who knows? But what do you think? Did the Kalupalik roam the Earth and the Arctic seas? Let me know on Twitter. I'd really, really love to know what you think. Well, I think this monster is a perfect mix of creepy and cool, and from a mythology that's so awesome and one we can't really cover too often, at risk of running out of the monsters within it due to the shield nature of the culture. And I'm completely respectful of that but I really want to make sure that we get this in nice little chunks throughout the podcast time and throughout the seasons. So it's really nice to cover. And especially when it's so warm here in the UK, I'm absolutely melting. I've had the fan off for as long as I've been recording this, which is about 15 minutes at this point. And it is getting to an unbearable temperature. So I'm very excited to finish up this episode. But it's really nice to kind of imagine an icy cold winter right now, especially when I'm just so desperate for it. But next week, we are heading over to kind of equally a hot place and going over to Mongolia for the first time ever. And I know I said there aren't many firsts, but you know, that's that's kind of a first. And we are looking at a legendary cryptid you might even have already guessed, but from this part of the world, that's the horrific looking Mongolian death worm. Get your Kevin Bacon cowboy hats on for these giant tremor worms next Thursday. I will say that Tremors is based off of this monster and I'm obsessed with Kevin Bacon. I absolutely love him. But anyway for now thank you so much for listening it's been an absolute pleasure if you enjoyed this podcast please give it a rating on the service you are listening on i've got the twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next and really love to hear from you the social media handles for tiktok youtube and instagram are myth monsters podcast and the twitter is myth monsters pod but all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk and you can find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes. Hold up. 